What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, I hope y'all have had a fantastic start to y'all's week. I hope y'all are absolutely crushing y'all's goals. And in today's today's episode, guys, we will really mostly be focusing on the NFL side of our podcast because there hasn't really been too much college football news. There actually has been some improvements in the MLB um, lockout situation, so we will dive into that at the end of today's episode. But first, I just hope y'all can, y'all have had a great week. I hope y'all have done everything you've wanted to do this week, whether it's been doing that one thing at a job, doing that one thing at school, accomplishing this, accomplishing that, or just simply just enjoying life. I hope y'all have been doing fantastic. So guys, let's get into today's episode. And the first news we have is it involving Grambling State and their new offensive coordinator, Art Bryles, aka the former, you know, great Baylor head coach. Um, in case you don't know who Art Bryles is, Art Bryles used to be the head coach at Houston before he ended up getting hired at um, Baylor to be their head coach. And he actually was a reason why RG3, Robert Griffin III, ended up at Baylor because originally RG3 was wanting to go to Houston to play for Art Browse because, you know, Art Browse was at Houston and he always wanted to play with Art Browse. So, you know, and then once, you know, Art Browse left Houston, went to Baylor, you know, RG3 followed. They had, you know, those couple great seasons with RG3, you know, his Heisman season and so forth. You get the idea. He was really great. Um, 2013, 2014, 2015, I think 2016 was his last year with Baylor. They were all great years, like top 10 seasons for Baylor. So, yeah, he left. He he, he had the potential to be like a Bill Snyder-type long-term head coach for the Baylor Bears, but there was a lot of allegations that came out, and there was actually some reports about sexual misconduct, um, tutors with players doing their work for him, and, it was a really bad scandal, and obviously Baylor had to fire him if they even wanted to stay a, a reputable university and not, you know, show too much bias or kind of, you know, not, not not piss off half the university and, you know, make the athletic department look good once again. So they fired Art Bryles. They, I think they had a one-year um, – was it one? I think it was one or two years of probation. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. Um, Art Bryles, he actually – got hired to be a, um, a head coach for a high school football team that actually is near where I'm from. It's called uh, Mount Vernon, and it's near where I'm from, Bonham, Texas. It's about 45 minutes to an hour, and we actually played him a couple times, so I actually got to see him in person play for, you know, or coach, sorry guys, I don't know why I'm saying like he played, but, you know, he had coached that team, and he was pretty good. He led them to a couple decent seasons, but as we all know, these past couple months, there had been reports that Hugh Jackson, the former Browns head coach who 
historically, you know, most people know him for his 0 and 30, 31 stint that he had with the Browns. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he got hired to be Gremlin State's um, head coach. I think last year, or earlier this year, I, I I haven't really kept up too much with the FCS side of football, but he, um, him and the university hired Art Bryles actually to become their offensive coordinator, which I think it was a great hire. But the problem is it, they received a lot of backlash for hiring a guy that was involved in, you know, sexual misconduct um, allegations, had those tutoring issues. Kind of, they just didn't want that to be in their locker room, and and think and, and for guys to kind of think, hey, we can do whatever we want because he allowed, you know, the highest of highest level college athletes to be able to get away with all this stuff. You know, why can't we do the same thing but just keep it low key? They didn't want that in their locker room. So I understand from the university and people that are associated with Grambling State why they didn't want him there. But I think having Art Browse as your offensive coordinator and Hugh Jackson, who is a good head coach, he just I mean, if we saw how bad those Browns teams, if you saw how bad those Browns teams were earlier on in the 2010s and even the early 2000s, you'd understand that it wasn't necessarily just the coach. <laughs> but but no, so in Hugh Jackson and the university, actually the day of this, what I'm about to talk about, they actually released a statement backing up why they hired Art Browse to come to Grambling State with them. But I think it was late. It was later on Monday night. Um, it was reported officially that Art Browse would be resigning from his position as offensive coordinator with Grambling State. This kind of isn't really shocking because I figured he was going to be hated by half that school just for the fact of what happened in the past and unfortunately something like that you really just can't ignore especially how severe it was so unfortunately that's what's going to plague Art, Art Browse the rest of his life and even coaching career if he even continues to coach because he's a great coach great recruiter I mean he led Baylor to be number five number three number four in the country I mean Baylor to be number four and five in the country is huge, especially for a Big 12 school. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, he did have to, you know, suffer the consequences of his actions and what he did at the university and ignoring those allegations and reports that he had received. So it's one of those very unfortunate things. Once again, it's another thing, a waste of talent. But the official news is that Art Browse has resigned from Grambling State as being their offensive coordinator. So Hugh Jackson is now going to have to go back out into the market and find himself an offensive coordinator for his coaching staff at Gremlin State. And guys, the final college football news we do have regarding this kind of just past week is, is regarding the L.A. Rams and TCU. Oh, man, we have been plagued with coaches leaving, coaches getting fired, coaches leaving us again to go to a bigger team. And unfortunately, we have another instance where this actually might be the case. The L.A. Rams are reportedly targeting TCU running back coach and assistant head coach Rashad Samples to be their next running back coach. Now, this is great for Rams fans. Y'all should be absolutely thrilled. In case you don't know Rashad Samples, his dad is actually the head coach at Duncanville High School in Texas, which Duncanville is like a top five team in the country. So he, he so he has football in his blood. Um he previously was with Sonny Dykes at SMU as their running back coach and, you know, like head recruit and head recruiter and assistant head coach. And in case you don't know, he practically controls the DFW Metroplex area and recruiting. He owns Texas really for getting those like unknown guys that you never would think would be good and bringing them to the school he's at. So just imagine when he's in the NFL and and a lot of, and I'm telling you, a lot of these players, they like the younger coaches because the younger coaches can relate a lot more to these players, and they're going to want to play for 
you know, these teams. Now, personally, I think Zach Evans probably would have stayed if Rashad Samples was there a lot earlier, in my opinion, because I think anyone would love to play for Rashad. If Rashad ends up staying with us, I expect us to get a couple transfer running backs. Definitely, like we. I mean, I know I already know we got one from uh, Arkansas. I know we got one at least, but. Recruiting-wise, he was huge. He brought a lot of – I know a lot of Garland Owls, Garland High School. I know a lot of their, like, four-star recruits because they produce talent. Um, they actually decommitted from SMU to come to TCU because they wanted to play with Sonny Dykes and Rashad Sample. So Rashad and, and Sonny are kind of like the one-two tandem. But, unfortunately, it does look like the NFL is calling his name. And, it's, I mean, it was expected to eventually happen. I didn't expect Rashad to be at TCU that long. But I didn't think two months was going to be the, the you know the amount we got. So if this does actually end up being the case, definitely expect TCU to lose a ton of offensive recruits because this was the guy that a lot of them wanted to go to TCU for because he has NFL connections and he has put guys in the NFL. So they wanted to come play for Rashad. But the Rams, they might be getting a great free agency recruiter too for running backs. I mean... Because we know the Rams, they're not the greatest when it comes to the running back position, besides when they had Todd Gurley a couple years ago. But having Rashad as your coach and just simply as like a presence in that coaching staff is going to be huge for the Rams. The Rams are definitely on the uprise considering that they have no draft picks or no technically future, as a lot of people say. And I say that with quotation marks because draft picks don't really define this team. It's what they do in free agency and making moves that really defines them and how they – because, I mean, they just won a Super Bowl with not having a first-round pick until, like, 2024. So, once again, this is huge news in the college football world because this means that no, like, Alabama or LSU or Georgia, they can't recruit him like they already did our defensive line coach that we got from SMU who left after, like, two weeks. So, it is what it is. I hope Rashad actually does end up getting this job because he – from what I've seen, his talent at coaching deserves to be up at the ranks in the NFL. Now, guys, that is it for the college football news. And before we do get into the NFL side, I want to first ask you all to please, 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 guys, please, if you have not yet and want to stay up to date with daily sports news, please follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. There will be a link down in the description of this episode. And now, guys, let's get into the NFL side of today's news. And boy, oh, boy, do we have a lot of injury news we have some contract extension news we have some international game news that's already been announced so guys let's let's dive right into it so now in can't even talk can't even talk but for our first news we have it's going to regard kyler murray and the arizona cardinals and in case y'all haven't really been following too much kyler murray and arizona have kind of been at tensions right now because kyler wants to be he wants to have that job security kind of he want because he's he's going to be this this upcoming season will be his final year on his rookie contract and he wants to be able to have that financial and you know starting quarterback guaranteed security I guess you want to put it as he wants to you know feel assured that he will continue to be Arizona's starting quarterback and they're not looking to move on from him because we saw when the Rams and the Cardinals played in the wild card game. We saw how bad he was when it comes to clutch moments. He absolutely choked. We saw it even in college when he played at Oklahoma and they went against, I think it was Bama back in 2018. Yes, yeah, 2018 when it was in the when the, it was in the Orange Bowl. And I mean, he he choked. So the biggest problem with the Cardinals right now, and what they're kind of questioning when it comes to Kyler Murray, is should we pay a guy that has no playoff experience at all? Has, the times that he has been in the playoffs, the one time he has been in the playoffs, he's absolutely choked. 
So, and yes, I know he did not have DeAndre Hopkins and half of his, I guess you could say, offensive line. And But he still had talent around him with James Conner, Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, um, Rondale Moore, and all those players on his offense. So he had no excuse to play as bad as he did. But apparently what it's looking like is Kyler Murray still wants to stay with Arizona but he's gonna have to. He's gonna want a long-term extension before the season begins, or he's gonna eventually kind of do like a Ben Simmons thing, where it's like I just want out at this point. You know, I want to find a new fit. And I've heard some rumors, actually, some teams that would like the Bucks, since you know Tom Brady has retired. And there's actually some Tom Brady news later on in today's segment. So, but no. So it's looking like Kyler Murray. He still wants to remain with Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals, but he wants that long-term job stability and security. So, not really too shocking. Um, now, for the next news we have, guys, and this is regarding Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo. So, for, we'll get into Dak Prescott first. Um, Dak Prescott, he, he sneakily went through a shoulder surgery this offseason, but it's been reported that he will be ready for uh, this upcoming season. This is great news because, personally, I, I mean, he needed we, – we could all see that he was really hesitant throwing the football and he didn't really want to take those hits or he didn't really want to kind of – kind of put himself out there in a way he wasn't really playing like the Dak Prescott we all know and love and the 140 million dollar Dak Prescott that we expect so he did get left shoulder surgery to repair I think it was a torn labrum so that is good for the Cowboys hopefully Dak will be there will be no issues there will be he will be 100% healthy this upcoming season and this definitely will be a you know make it or break it year for Dak Prescott and a lot of the Cowboys um now, for the next part, we have is Jimmy Garoppolo, and this is actually really kind of bad for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's expected to need shoulder surgery, but it should not keep him out by by the by the uh, start of next season. So, once again, this is really bad because the um, 49ers are trying to trade him, get rid of him, and but they're going to want something back in return. And there's been so many reports off the of ESPN, Bleacher Report, and all this that are talking about. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he has a lot of trade interest, and he has a lot of people calling about him. But I know John Lynch and them know that they can get decent value out of him by a, you know, quarterback-hungry team like the Commanders, like the Jimmy Loki. I could probably see him playing like a backup role with the Jaguars or going back up to New England and helping, you know, Mac Jones, something like that. I know a lot of teams would want that uh, per se, but... I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes. So, yeah, definitely expect the 49ers to trade him as soon as possible while his value is even still something. All right, guys. Now, as you all know, the NFL, they play games in Mexico City, London. And as we and as I talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, they had announced that they would be playing games over in Germany. So now we finally find out who the first set of opponents will be that will be playing in these games. So the Green Bay Packers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New Orleans Saints will all play in London next season. Next season? Where did I get season from? <laughs> next season. Their opponents have not yet been announced, so I will make sure to update y'all on the Instagram and give y'all, even here on the podcast, I'll make sure to give y'all updates on who they will be playing against. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they will be playing in Mexico City. And finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be playing in Germany. I think these are great games because I know the Cardinals definitely have a lot of Hispanic fans. So that will be good for them too considering they are, you know, they're in Arizona. So once again, that's great for them. The Packers, Jaguars, and Saints. Uh, I think the Packers will be interesting because normally they kind of let the lower-end teams go play in London since the games are always at like 9 in the morning. So this will kind of be interesting to see how that unfolds. 
um, the next news we have, it's also invo involved in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars will, will play host against the Las Vegas Raiders in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Now, the game will take place on Thursday, August 4th, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Probably, I'd say, NFL Network or Fox. going to be one of those two because it always is. That's actually kind of an interesting one because it will definitely be cool to see how the Jaguars with all their draft capital this year and with Doug Peterson and that whole new coaching staff, how they will be this season. It'll also be cool to see the, the you know, the Raiders post, whether it's going to be post-Derek Carr, it's going to be post-Derek Carr extension. So definitely be cool to see because both, both of those teams I expect to make splashes in free agency as they really do need a lot of positions to get upgraded. Um, the next news we have, it's it, it's involving Devontae Adams. In case you don't know Devontae Adams or in case you've been living under a rock in the sports world, Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in the NFL right now. He is due for a huge contract extension coming up this year. Um, it's being debated whether he's going to be in a tag or trade, which they franchise tag him and then they trade him to another team, or if he'll just hit the free agent market. I personally think it's going to be best for the Packers just to let him hit the free agent market as they are still negative 40, negative 50 right now in cap space. So they still have a lot to – or not – well, I'll take that back. That's the Saints. They're like negative 10, 15 million right now still. And if they signed um, Devontae to a new contract, that would put them back at like negative 30, negative 40 almost because he's expecting to be making like 20-plus million considering he is the best in the league right now. So definitely be – um, definitely something to keep your eyes on, but it has been re it has been reported by a couple ESPN sources that the Broncos, Raiders, and Jaguars are the front runners to land Devontae Adams if he does end up hitting the free agent market. The Jaguars makes a lot of sense because if Devontae is just going to go the money route, the Jaguars will probably be the team that's going to offer him the most, considering they will have like top three in cap space in the league. Um, the Raiders make a lot of sense because if they do sign Derek Carr to an extension, they'll also want him to get paired back with his old Fresno State teammate, um, you know, Devontae, as they were both a pretty good tandem when they both were playing back in college football. And then the Broncos make sense because, say, the um, Packers do tag and trade Devontae, and then they, you know, let um, Aaron Rodgers walk or they trade Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos in a package that involves Devontae and Aaron, which I think would be the stupidest trade of all time, but that means the Broncos would probably have to give up like Cortland Sutton, um, Jerry Judy, and probably half of their young core just to get you know an, an aging quarterback. And in my, I mean, in my opinion, I don't think the Broncos majorly need a receiver. They already have a stacked receiving core, but it makes sense why they would, because I know they probably would want to get rid of like Cortland Sutton, who is he's good when he's healthy. I remember watching him at SMU. He's really good when he's healthy. But the problem is he can't stay healthy. And every year it seems like he has an ankle issue or leg issue. And unfortunately, that's kind of that's kind of hampered his whole career with the Broncos. So he's never been able to be that Pro Bowl level receiver that we all know him to be. But So this that's actually kind of interesting. I'm kind of shocked the Jaguars are in this mix because I don't think Devontae is going to want to go to a team that already knows that they're not going to do you know really anything. But I guess the appeal of Trevor Lawrence – and, you know, being around guys like LaVishka Chenault, DJ Chark, and all that would be good to kind of spread out the field considering when he was at Green Bay, he was really only the only option they had. So I think if the Jags landed Devontae, I think that would easily make them a top 15 team, in my in my opinion, because that's the, they've been needing that, that true wide receiver one, and they've never been able to get it. So having a guy like Devontae Adams, you know, on the outside would be huge. 
Now, guys, the next news, and this is just some rumor news, so please take this with a grain of salt. Don't come in my head saying, well, it was rumored. It's not true. You know, if they would have, or if they if they said they thought they were going to, then they should have, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Just how people get. But um, it was being rumored, and this, come, and this came from Adam Schefter, ESPN, all these official sources. The Miami Dolphins were actually interested in pairing Sean Payton and Tom Brady before Brian Flores um, put the lawsuit against them. Uh, that would have practically been impossible because Sean Payton, I think, already had his mind set on retirement. Tom Brady would not have left the Buccaneers to go play for a team that still is, I don't think, even playoff ready yet. Like, they still need a couple pieces, in my opinion, before they're playoff ready. So it was just kind of interesting news to hear because this came out of the blue. Like, this was some random report we got on Monday. And I'm like, there's no way in heck Tom Brady would have left his team that's super stacked with the Buccaneers to go play for a Dolphins team that has a bunch of good young players. Don't get me wrong, Dolphin fans. Y'all have a great team. But to leave all that talent and all that money already to go to another team where you're going to be getting offered maybe a couple million more, but to lose nine, ten games a season, which he's never really done with any team, I don't think he would have. Same with Sean Payton. I don't think Sean Payton's going to want to start all the way over again, even though that's what he practically would have done if he stayed with the Saints. I think he had a lot more loyalty to the Saints. So I think this is kind of just blow-off news. Kind of one of those things, because I know on Monday, there wasn't really a lot of news to talk about, especially Sunday, because this past weekend's been kind of dry regarding the sports world. But... This was one of those kind of like what if situations. So yeah, it, it was it was apparently rumored the Dolphins were gonna pursue both of them, and we could have possibly had a Sean Payton and Tom Brady, uh, a duo in you know Miami. That would have definitely been something interesting to <laughs> to watch if you know what I mean. So um, the next news we have, guys, and this is my favorite news of today, and I know a lot of people are gonna love this news. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially announced via their Instagram that. The creamsicle uniforms, a.k.a. like the OG uniforms for the Buccaneers, will be returning at the beginning of the 2023 season. This is huge for the Buccaneers because this, I love those uniforms. I remember when I was little and I would always switch to those jerseys in Madden because they were so cool. They will officially be bringing those back. Unfortunately, they can't do it this year because of the supply chain issues with Nike and all in the brand, which that's all right. I mean, we can wait a year, but... This is definitely huge for the Buccaneers. This will definitely get them a lot more money because I know a lot of people loved like like the 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 um, pirate on the helmet. It just the just the cream sickle design as a whole was just absolutely beautiful on those uniforms. So Tampa Bay, we you know we all expected y'all to do it. I'm glad y'all officially announced it because I cannot wait to watch that in action. That will be great. And now, guys, for the final news we have today, and it's regarding. Um, the Cleveland Browns and their one of their 14 tight ends, and it's regarding tight end David Njoku. In case you don't know who David Njoku is, he was, I think, was he a first-round? I don't think he was a first-round pick. I think he was a second-round pick for the Browns a couple years back. But he was a beast at Miami. He was kind of like a Brevin Jordan for the Texans type. Because, you know, Miami obviously is tight end you besides. I know Iowa, and that's kind of been, yeah, But Miami's kind of like, uh, like tight end you too almost in an aspect having guys like Greg Olson come out of there. So but no, the Cleveland Browns and David Njoku are expected to if they do if they are gonna, you know, sign a contract extension, which I hope they do personally, they're expected to prepare to give him over ten million dollars a season. 
Now, do I believe he's worth $10 million a season? No. Why do I believe that? Because he cannot stay healthy. Now, his play on the field when he's healthy is great, and I do think he's worth 5 to $6, 7000000 million a year. But I do think when you're already paying a tight end like in Austin Hooper, I think like $15 million a year, there's no reason to sign another tight end to a $10-plus million extension just raising your cap when you don't really need to. Because when you have to sign guys like Greg Ward to an extension – who I know he's going to definitely be offered a five-year, at least $20-plus million a year contract extension. And then I think they got they have to worry about Baker Mayfield and what they're going to do with him, whether to pick up his fifth-year option or to let him walk. So it's definitely going to be interesting for Cleveland. I think they should just let him go and let him get a starting position somewhere else. Personally, I think the Cowboys should pursue him like crazy because I love the blocking he can do and the receiving ability he has. So... That's just some news to report, kind of little one. The Cleveland Browns, they will be preparing to offer him over $10 million a season. Now, guys, the final news we have for today, and it's just going to be regarding some baseball news. Now, first, this was breaking news on Tuesday. Or was it Tuesday? No, no, it was Monday. It was Monday. I lied. There was breaking news on Monday regarding the Miami Marlins and Derek Jeter. In case you don't know, after Derek Jeter retired with the Yankees, you know, his historic career, yada, yada, yada. Um, he eventually, him and I think a, an ownership group or whatever, they went and bought a part of the um, Miami Marlins. So he became the CEO of the Marlins. He oversaw all the day-to-day operations. He's been with them for a couple years. As we all know, he's done some questionable trades like with Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton, JT Real Muto, the catcher. I, I And I know I butchered that last name, but... He's made some really questionable trades. Um, the Marlins, obviously, they have not been able to win Jack, and this was the reason why Derek Jeter officially announced on Monday that he will be stepping down effective immediately as CEO of the Miami Marlins. I think it just makes a lot more sense because I don't think the team as a whole, like players and fan base, really like Derek Jeter as much because he kind of just did it's 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 my way or the highway type thing, especially with Marlins, man, who's known – you know, as Miami Marlins super fan who's everywhere. But when you kind of diss Miami's most treasured, you know, fan, not diss, but kind of just ignore him and think he's not really anything, that kind of already set off a bad taste in a lot of Marlins fans' tongues, you know, the few that they do have. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. I've heard a lot of rumors about him and <laughs> him and Aaron, him and A-Rod possibly ending up on ESPN for, for – um, for baseball games announcing I think that would be funny I think that would definitely bring a lot more traction and attention to baseball because as you all know A-Rod and Derek Jeter were not necessarily the greatest of friends once they were teamed up at on the Yankees now they were good friends when A-Rod was on the went on the Rangers and all that but it will definitely be funny to see if that does happen where Derek Jeter joins um, ESPN as an announcer now the final news we have and it's regarding um, Tuesday's deadline um, I'm making this on Tuesday, so on uh, Friday's episode, we will talk more about the official, if the season gets delayed or not, or if they actually made an agreement, but as I am making this episode, um, currently, they are, the deadline got pushed back to 5 Eastern, so that is a good sign for baseball fans that both sides are trying to reach an agreement, so we do not delay this season any more than it already probably will have to be, but... They are, but the MLB had already said on Sunday, I think, that they were prepared to cancel a month worth worth of games if the deadline was not reached. But on here on Tuesday, as I report, which is kind of conflicting, the report I just said, 
they are doing everything they can right now to get an agreement done today on Tuesday. So hopefully we will have baseball later here in March and not have to wait till the beginning of May to get games. I'm hoping just we I'm just we can agree on one thing that we all love baseball. We all love the sport of baseball and we want to be able to watch these games in person again as that was great last year as COVID was kind of kind of at a plateau and we were able to go back into baseball stadiums and watch games. That was great for everyone. So, but guys, I hope y'all really did enjoy today's episode. I know I really enjoyed you know, talking to y'all about Derek Jeter and possibly A-Rod reuniting and, and you just all those crazy NFL news that we've been receiving lately and definitely expect a lot, and I mean a lot, of free agency news to come up here, I think around March 19th when the new league officially starts. So, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Wednesday. I hope y'all continue to crush y'all's goals and make sure do not forget to please follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. Guys, I love y'all so much. I'm so thankful I have such a great community like y'all. And guys, I hope y'all continue to be great. Peace.